You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And guess what, folks? It's episode number 50. 50, that's right. Welcome back, Rob. It's been a while. It's what? Actually, can I say Happy New Year? Or I, I guess this is our first segments of 2018, is it? Is, is it? it not? I, I think know. so. I yeah. I remember. We've both been out and about. I went up to Boston. You've been on multiple destination events. And we did take the month of January mostly off. Sort of. We really took most of December off, and then I couldn't get anybody to work in January because I said we'll take January off. But then people did rise to the occasion. Speaking of getting off, uh, oh. how you been lately? <laughs> Things are good. Um, uh, the pizza pie. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the tell last us. five nights, Seth, it's uh-huh. been old school, Rob. Oh, uh, smoking a lot of pot? No, no, no that's, that's done. That's done. Those days are behind me. So, and I'm very clear-headed, and I love it. Oh, let me guess. You went for a road trip. Well, some of it. I've seen five shows in five nights in four different cities. Jesus. was common in the 90s. I said the Grateful Dead's not on tour anymore. Right. Uh, but two nights of Snarky Puppy. And then Widespread Panic in Birmingham? No, no. Oh. I did not get to Widespread Panic. But the Snarky Puppy I'm supposed to review for a publication, and I've lined up a photographer. Wait, how can you say you're supposed to review it when you already saw the show? Isn't that well, the Well, I took notes, which is six hours of note-taking. Actually, I'd go in early at doors because it was a reserved show. So I had to go in and wait for the show to start for an hour. Then three hours of taking notes, two nights in a row. So that's right off the top, that's eight hours, plus the time getting the publicist together and the photographer, and then all the time writing. You know, given what this publication pays me, it breaks down to about a dollar or two an hour, yet my contact can't return emails. So frustrating. I don't know the parameters of the review. And we've. I just, How do you not know the parameters of a review before you do it? Don't, isn't that like it's all loosey goosey? He didn't even put me in touch with the publicist. Is you it, put me in touch with the publicist. Is it a magazine? Or, yes. Like, or Let's is it not a, talk no, about I'm it anymore? Asking, the question is: is it, is it is it like a a news story or is it like a review that goes in a magazine? Like I think print? it's in the magazine. Last I heard, but things change often. I like to get things confirmed and then frame my writing around that. But when someone doesn't return emails, that's difficult to do. And with Rob, let me tell you, folks, he emails. He's like my mother. He'll like. He'll be like. He'll email me, then he'll text me, and then he'll call me and be like, "I don't know if you got my text, but I want you to know that I texted you to let you know that I I sent you an email." I am a good. I'm good at communicating. You're sometimes and, a little. I, you're sometimes a little over. And I get frustrated with people who are not. Well, let's talk about so something positive because Rob, uh, this is our fiftieth episode. And this is going to be Yay! unlike any other episode we've done, right? Yes, it is. But wait. You have to let me finish this. Now, Friday, I'll be brief because I always talk about it, but Umphreys McGee with Marcus King. Marcus ripped. It was great to see Umphreys fans losing it to Marcus. Umphreys Draconian and August extended versions. Six song second set, which means a lot of jamming. Saturday night, St. Vincent. Not only that, but Annie, who's the lead woman. St. Vincent in Atlanta at the Tabernacle. Yes. Okay, so we went from Asheville to Atlanta. Back, came back home to Atlanta. I guess that's only that's five shows in th- three cities. But um, wonderful show. She was solo, though, and, and playing and singing over pre-recorded music, which seems at, at first not great. But And, and I, I got to admit, in the future, I hope she's with the band. But I tell you, this woman, first of all, from the second she walks on the stage, Seth, everything is artistic. Even the way the crew members hand her the guitars and set up the microphones is artistic. Sounds she, more autistic to me, but go ahead. She did a set of older stuff and then did a, her entire new album, in, in the final set. And not only that, but her, her opening act was her uncle and aunt, Tuck and Patty, a duo who I used to see in Massachusetts years ago over and over and hadn't seen in 25 years, and they were still wonderful! Why, though, no band? Like, uh, you're playing the Tabernacle. Obviously, you're selling enough tickets to afford uh, 
I mean, she's an artist. Good. She just, much like Neil Young, she's always going to keep giving you new looks. Hmm. Okay. So that's know. wonderful. I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I'd rather see the band. A, a, lot of, a lot of her fans, not just in Atlanta, because I read up beforehand, a lot of people weren't thrilled. All right. So, so you finished St. Vincent. That's Saturday. And then Sunday was a special night in Athens. You weren't going to go to. I originally wasn't, although they did release a lot of tickets the day of, which is odd. Um, but Trey Anastasio played a solo acoustic show. It was the last show of his tour, and he was very comfortable at that point. And I could go on and on. I, should, is it okay to tell the listeners I cried? Well, they just, I mean, did if they're it. still listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean to me. No, but he started talking about the Colonel very early uh, in the show. He told about meeting him the first time. He told about going to the 40 Watt and seeing him perform. And he told about what an influence Colonel was. And uh, that was uh, that was emotional. That got me going. And then he played that Miss You song, Bob Weir's favorite fish song, a few songs later. And that uh, I, I welled up again. Now, did you feel like you had to see all this music because the uh, Dead were, and company were playing in Mexico? And you're like, well, if I'm not there, I might as well just see as much music no, as I can. I just, I, I, I'm actually lean on the side of staying home these days. You know, I have to be kind of pushed. But it was such... They're all like Snarky the, Puppy the guy is says, so good. I the love guy, Snarky The guy Puppy. that says he's been leaning on staying home is like texting me, like 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 going through withdrawals. Like, ah, I didn't see any music. It's Monday. Huh? There's a show Tuesday. Can you get me on the list? <laughs> yes, I try not. I try to give you as much notice as possible. But here's the last thing on Trey because I was initially drawn to Fish because of their instrumental prowess, their creativity in writing compositions. You know the the music side of it. Yeah. But here I am, all these years later. I guess when I first heard him was 86, 87, when I first saw him. Oh, I remember the tapes. It's a little over 30 years I've been seeing them now. But now here we are where people were singing along. And first of all, I have an aversion to singing along. When I was a kid, I'd go see Peter, Paul, and Mary in the Boston Common, year after year after year. the magic. Right. And his sing-along would be like every song. And yeah. it kind of annoyed me because I wanted to hear them. I really like the way they sang. And, and I still do like them. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not in favor of the sing-along. But if you remember, when I studied for that Scott Bernstein episode we did, The Baker's Dozen, we didn't have access to soundboard. We weren't about to ask the band for 13 soundboards. So I was using audiences. And there were some really cool sing-alongs in that. I have, I have a lot of friends who have actually... Like to harmonize, if you will. And let me just point out also, if someone's, if, if, if some of you are annoyed by someone next to you shouting in your ear, singing the wrong legs, I totally respect and understand that. This is based on recordings, not based on someone being next to me. But fast forward to Trey in Athens, just last night, by the way, mm-hmm. and there were some great, great sing-alongs. It was so wonderful. And, it, and, and then it occurred to me at one point, wow, the guy who wrote a lot of these lyrics that these people are singing along with is part of a team that we are about to join. He's actually about one of, to join. We joined. We're, we're launching. Joined. It's launched. I guess by the time this airs, yes. it will have launched. It's, it's called Osiris Pod, and I'm talking about Tom Marshall and he and RJB of the Helping Friendly Podcast have started this, and we are very, very proud to be in the loop with them. And that's a Osiris O S I R I S P O D OsirisPod dot com. It is the Legion of Osiris Podcasts, and what does that mean? It is a place where you can discover great music and culture podcasts. And if you like this one, go there. What Seth just said, OsirisPod.com, and get in the loop. And um, we have, like, Strangers Stopping Strangers with Stacey Smith. She has deadheads tell their stories. And she like had you, actually. You yes. On the, I'm episodes 59 and 60. They were just recently released. And um, I tell the whole story about sneaking into the Washington Hilton for the Tennessee ball after Clinton was inaugurated. I talk about 
Uh, I compare finding out that my father passed away while I was at a Wrigley Field Dead and Company show. I compare it to finding out that Jerry Garcia died on my way to Bob Weir's show in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, and the whole night there, and a bunch of tour stories and that sort of thing. But there's all kinds of great stuff. Um, the Beyond the Pond is for fish fans to ex- discover music beyond them. That's the one I've listened to the most. Those, those guys, I mean, there's all, they're all great podcasts, but those guys really resonate with me. I like their style. And uh, I'm hoping to do one of our little side podcasts on the other podcasts because I'm really starting to listen to a lot of them and familiarize myself with them, and I'm mm-hmm. trying and, to encourage you to do the same. And, and it extends outside of the fish fam also. I mean, Bob Crawford, who's uh, the Avid Brothers uh, bass player, and he's a... Um, uh, history buff he has a podcast that's now part of the network as well so uh you, there's about 15 of us uh podcasters if you will podcasts that are a part of the founding fathers of this podcast network and there's, there's gonna be band, more so band hey specific like, ones like it, all in with aqueous that band i raved mm-hmm. about who opened for Humphreys and raleigh last summer you know I, I met the guys actually had one of them uh get involved in one of the jam cruise activities this year and there's no simple road, and they're doing quite well. They sell like merch and all that kind of stuff. Do they, they really? They have a rabid fan base. And the music, other uh, other music one. Well, I, I want to say, yeah, go ahead. I don't get to see, you know, I don't get to see fish as much as I used to. You definitely don't. And so I, the way I keep, one of the ways I keep up is listening to RJB's the Helping Friendly podcast. I love, I love listening to that. Like, well, it's like talking to your fish friends. Yeah, or listening. You know oh, me, yeah. I like to listen. Well, yeah. And of course, Tom, we could go on and on um, under the scales, but. If you're at all even a, a casual fish fan, part one of Trey on the Tom Marshall show is one of the greatest podcasts I've ever heard. Because th- one thing I get the impression about Trey is that he's not really all jazzed up on this fame thing. You know what I mean? And uh, Tom breaks through that. You get the comfortable Trey. And you really get a window into who Trey is. And they tell some stories about the old days. And it's just, it's a gripping podcast. They do a great job. So... On that train note, I really wanted to be at that show last night, but um, I was—I'm a father, and uh, my my family husband. came first. Yeah. Yes, and a husband. So uh, it was—it was a weird thing because my wife and I really love fish and love Trey, and you know, we were looking at each other. And it's like, wow, like we're babysitting our friend's kid so that they can go to the show, and we're you know, and it's just one of those things where like it's just a different phase of life. But the point uh, I bring that up because there's a dad podcast on the podcast network as well. It, yes. And that's the one I just actually kind of did something that is. Uh, a, Don't tell me one of the mothers. No, I okay. <laughs> stop it. I, one of the things they recommended, I forget which episode, and I'll, I'll get these things down when we do our own thing. But um, if you're trying to make a change in your life, you should you should speak about it openly. And like, you, actually, you, I was going to do it another way, but with the pot smoking thing, yeah, I've stopped smoking weed. I prefer to eat it. Maybe here and there, someone gave me something right before Trey, but I'm putting that out of my life and because fo- I want to be on my game for these podcasts. I thought you wanted to be able to breathe without coughing. That, that too. I'm over 50 years old and overweight. Not as overweight as a few weeks ago, because uh, for some reason, I'm not as hungry anymore either. Interesting. And I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Oh, that or you're broke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> little of each. Little of this and that. Well, let's get into the 50th. Yes. What do you say? Yes. All it's right. the In the Audi Awards. <laughs> so we have four categories, and we're going to go through clips from previous shows, and we'll leave it up to you, the listener, to email us and tell us which should win in each category. At InsideOutWTNS at gmail.com. That's InsideOutWTNS at gmail.com. And uh, Harris, who Harris! Was, he was going to be Sully. Here. He was, Sully was going to pick Sully. these, but he, uh, 
His grandfather passed away. God rest his soul. He uh, found uh, out on uh, the uh, way uh, to the Humphrey thoughts, Show. Our thoughts and prayers go to he him. He found out on the way to the Humphrey Show. Oh, really? And did not let it be a damper on the evening. He, and actually, I think it was kind of a relief. The family knew it was coming. And, yeah. and um, it was so great that Humphrey's played such a special show, you know, with all the just stretching stuff out. Really, like August was just amazing. That's one of their more moving. You're listening to Humphrey's Radio with Rob Turner. It just was. I mean, it, it was great that Harris was able to, you know, travel all the way his, there. And then I drove him home so he could sleep. And with he his had, girlfriend or no? No, it was just the two of us. But oh. I drove home. I stayed sober so I could drove, drive home. And he had a 10 a.m. flight the next day. He slept the whole the whole ride. I just cranked uh, the J-Rad show from Nashville Ooh. that Z-Man had provided for us. Thank you, Z-Man. Z-Man with... Um, PanicStream.net. Yes, and also he works at City Field with the home of the Mets. Yes. I'm, I may go see the Mets Wait, this summer. He does? I thought he lived... Mm-hmm. No, Z-Man's here in Atlanta, I thought. Yeah, but he goes up to New York for their season, and he also has work in Boston when the Mets are on the road. He's a very, very, <laughs> very busy guy. I had no clue. I, I, I almost worry about him sometimes. He just... Go, go, go. More shows, more shows. If I don't see a show he he likes, he, just, he accuses me of hating that artist. It's a little annoying. Well, it's time over, for over and over and best over reveal. And over, and over and over again. Yes, the first category... Best reveal. And the first clip in that category comes from episode 15. We had Simon Allen. Of the new Master Sounds. Yep, he is the drummer. We sat in the room over by Terminal West. Yes, that's right, without the train. (laughs) Right, we are away from the train. And on this clip, he pretty much admits to a change in their approach, uh, that, that that maybe they weren't paying attention to the groove enough, and maybe they were overplaying a little bit. Yeah. And that they made a conscious decision to move away from this. Yeah, here we go. Here it is. Actually, that led me to a question that I was going to ask later, but when you're a drummer of your skill, you easily could color and add stuff, and you do probably get to do so more than the average funk drummer, but there are times when you just have to hold the beat as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not overplaying, um, because I think the, the appeal of funk, and in particular the appeal of the new master sounds, it's kind of based on the fact that there are spaces left in in the groove, and if you fill all the spaces up, it kind of isn't a groove anymore. It's just, well, it's it's, it's the groove's been filled in, <laughs> like with a an earth mover, a digger, or something. So the the furrow has been ploughed over by too much. That, that it, analogy is it's not really working, is it? But. I've had some really bad analogies on this show. Have you? Don't worry. <laughs> but, but so I think it can make it harder to appreciate the interplay that's going on if well, there's too much. It's just got. It, it's not. It's not going to make you dance if there aren't gaps in it. And often it's about the gaps. And I sometimes get really excited and I fill quite a lot. But I am checking myself to say, just lay this groove down. And sometimes I make a distinct effort just to loop one bar and not actually embellish it for a long period of time which is something that we have we call believing in the groove which we discussed years ago and just said a lot of bands we go and see and they're laying down something tasty and just when you're thinking yeah okay bang they change it because they've got ADD Um, and we're there at the back holding up our yellow cards which is a you know first soccer effect, yeah soccer soccer, soccer reference, red card would be a send off. Yes. Yellow is just a warning. Right, um, and uh, it, loads of bands do it, and so we whenever we see them do it, we say okay, don't feel like you've got to keep changing it up because the audience hasn't got the attention span. Let's let's try and believe in the groove for even longer than you think 
would work so that you're just turning around a really tasty danceable groove for a long period of time and we're watching the faces of the audience and it's clear that it's the right thing to do because they're just getting more and more into it no one's kind of looking at their watches or going off to the bar so and Eddie's gradually you know digging into it as well oh, right? and yeah and it's it's being it, like it's maybe getting more intense and it gets changed up ever so slightly, like a layer will be added or a layer will be taken away. But Pete and I will usually be just running the engine in a very consistent way. They're my favorite bits. I'm actually going to cut this piece of the uh, interview and then just put it on top of a DJ talking because I think that if you listen to an EDM artist trying to talk about like what they're trying to accomplish, it's exactly that at times. Well, because they're, they're interested in the dance floor and they've got D in their name, haven't they, dance? So we we should be... What should we be? The the organic dance music. Organic dance. ODM. Music. Like we it. do o- ODM. ODM. There you go. <laughs> it's, We've created heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> Bang. Okay. Yeah. We'll say that. That's our genre. Okay. And that was Simon from episode 15. Now we move to episode 23. You're listening to Humphreys Radio with Rob Turner. You make fun of my Humphreys love, but it's not easy to get a Brendan Bayless interview, a detailed, lengthy Brendan Bayless interview. Find another one online. Anybody. Send to insideoutwtns at gmail.com if there's a better Brendan Bayless interview than we did in episodes 23 and 20, actually 22 and 23. This, I believe, came from 23. I'm not sure. I might not have the other one right. It's They're right next to each other. You'll find them. But this is the story about a Christmas jam, his experience with Steve Miller. Stick Give us one bad experience you have. Just one. Uh, Steve Miller. Really? That's yeah. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a Christmas jam? Or? Yeah, it was a Christmas jam. Um, and I heard he was talking down to the staff. He, to the yeah, he walked on crew. stage and you know he, he was really short with everybody in the room from his band to the janitor to the bartender. And at one point during sound check, he just like, yelled at the sound guy. He's like, him down, him down, him down, everybody down, me way up. And I was like, okay, he's having a bad day. And that wasn't it. And then the next day, I was walking down, or I was walking up the stairs in a stairwell, and he was coming down the stairwell. So it was just him and I, all by nobody in the room, just him and I. And I look at him, I go, hey, how you doing? And he just looked at me, and he looked down, and just kept walking. Didn't say a word. I was like, okay. And there's a guy who should be happy because he always kept his songwriting. He rights. took the money and he ran. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So I mean, if anyone shouldn't be bitter, it's him. So yes, I hear a lot about Steve Miller being a jerk, and uh, it's pretty well known in the industry. But we'll say a couple things. First of all, he kept his his rights, his songwriting rights. He's very sharp with money. He didn't get bamboozled like a lot of other musicians. And second of all, he had the courage to speak out in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who doesn't always speak, you know, treat their inductees right. And Steve Miller was the one who wasn't so wowed by the honor that to uh, be afraid to speak up. So sometimes it's good to be an asshole, right, Seth? Don't you work with an asshole? I am um, trying not to call you an asshole anymore. <laughs> oh, is that from the new? Uh... And da, 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 oh. Da, da, da. oh, okay. Uh, okay, so now we're going to move on to Jennifer Hartswick. This is from episode 32. Jennifer plays with Christian McBride. Which I really wish we had the music uh, of. And uh. she's also going to be in town when we're doing our next WTNS Live. She'll be at uh, Eddie's Attic. I know. She, she, we're going up against her, but I we will, love her so unless much. Unless we just cancel and just go to the show. Uh, yeah, whatever. It I might happen. I love her. I don't, even when she's competing with us, I love her. Um, <clears throat> she also plays with Trey Anastasio, folks. And she just plays amazing. She's so incredible. Every time, every ensemble, everything she does, anything she touches, she is a beautiful human being. And no ordinary love. With we talk about that in this interview. No that, ordinary. 
never know. So good. She talks about how that came together with uh, Humphreys. It's episode 32. But here we talk about how she got started with the Trey Anastasio band. You know, how I got involved in that band, some people know the story, but I was in school, I was in college, and I had quit for various reasons, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do, I didn't know where I was going to go, I was like, I'll just go back to my folks' place and figure it out, and I packed up my stuff, and this was in, I guess, 2000, I had my very first Nokia brick cell phone, and uh, I packed up my stuff, and I was 10 minutes out of the driveway of school, and Trey called, and I hadn't talked to him in a year and a half, probably, and, you know, he said, what are you doing? I said, I just quit school 10 minutes ago. He's like, cool. Uh, you <laughs> want to yeah, be in my new band? And I was like, yeah, duh. He's like, can you come to the house right now? I was like, yeah, I'll be there in like four hours. But he's like, okay, cool. And that's, we wrote, you know, that was when, um, you know, push on till the day. And like all those things were written like on that day. Wow. Night nice speaks to a woman? Yeah, all that stuff. It was all in that time period. And then we were on the road like two and a half weeks later. It was bonkers. I just love Jennifer Hartswick. It was a good sign. We had that uh, we had that set up right near Sweetwater 420, and she came in and just settled right in, got all comfortable. It was quite clear she was going to give us some good stuff, and she, she did. Was. Episode 32, check she it out. She even gave us a little tasting of the, the sounds of her and Christian McBride, which was awesome. We got to hear the one cover that they did together, but we'll, we'll leave it at that because she asked us to keep it quiet, but it was absolutely outstanding. We move on to episode 38. <clears throat> we have two clips from this. Oh, my God. It's uh, our boy John Fishman, mm-hmm. who um, scrambled up stairs and he he was only going to give us again. I, I always loved this story because he's like, yeah, I'll give you guys ten minutes. Right, an hour and a half later. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he it was, was an hour. It was an hour. Yeah, he was having a good time. Yeah. I think we could have him back on someday. But um, you know, good timing with the Osiris pod because a lot of fish, a lot of fish related podcasts mm-hmm. in there. So these next two clips are for you folks. This first one is where he explains the fish, the little inside fish thing. The word gauze. In fish, we have this word gauze, gauzing. It's like if you, you know, if you go up to somebody like, oh man, you guys are so amazing. You guys are so amazing. So he, so he goes gauzing, like gauzing people. And I totally gauzed Wally, Denny Wally. Because he's, he's a fucking hero. But like, I was like, oh my God, you're the guitar player on Shiny Beast Bat Chain Puller, which is... You know, Captain Beefheart. It's my favorite Beefheart. Everyone always talks about Trap Mouth Replica. Ah, great, whatever. Oh, yeah. Tim, and I love that album too, but Shiny Beast is my favorite. It's, it's like what a Desert Island record for me. I mean, I would definitely, that's one of my most favorite records. And um, I've actually wanted to cover suction prints for years of fish, but I, I don't think we'll ever get around to it. And we move on to the last in the category of Best Reveal. Also John Fishman, who was very generous with his time. And uh, I need to explain something here. And now it's time for an explanation from your Uncle Rob. Well, it's about the, Coach Rob. the band name. He compared using the PH and Fish to the Beatles using Beat. Yes. Which was confusing to me because Beat is a musical reference and the PH on Fish is not. And maybe they meant PH balanced. Science. Wow. You really love Fish. You'll do anything for them, won't you? Mm-hmm. Except for go see Trey in Athens and leave my family and get divorced. Such a great show. Fuck you. He, did the, he took requests. And I hadn't looked at set lists, so I Hold didn't... Hold on a second. You kept your mouth shut. During... I kept my mouth shut and waited until like, late I, in the show. Rob's like a seal at a show, and I don't mean like the musician. He's like... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, 
I know when to when to uh, yell out because I got my request. No, played. you don't though. I you, did. I got most my, of the time you yell in the most inappropriate times. That is so you know inappropriate for you to say. That is not true. Any rate, oh my god, lizards. He played for me. That was, I was the third request. He did fee for someone, and I don't even normally like. Fee Wait, with you fish. got a request yesterday? Did you yeah. Say? But the first one was Fee. I don't even normally like it all that much when Fish does it, but this one was wonderful. And then I forget the second one. There was another request he did. And was then, he like, this one goes out to No, I yelled lizards, and he kind of said something like in a minute or something, and then he did strange design or something else and then kicked into it. And I Did was, you start going, oh, my God. It was so oh good. It was so beautiful. I just wanted Tim to play leads because, quite frankly, when he did the, the solo sets in 99 – he didn't really play leads. He got just kind of strummed and singer-songwritered it, you know? Except, so, like, one possum, he took a lead on the three shows I saw. So is your theory that Bob Weir changed his life? Bob Weir totally, I'm convinced, helped get him also, excited about playing. So play now. It was like the second song, Farmhouse. He starts playing a solo. I'm like, oh, my God, it's already a next level from what he did before. So on Lizards, well, you know, you get to the end of Lizards. That He sung, he strummed the rest and sung the, that melody over Very O'Teal of him. And then uh, he ended with Slave to the Traffic Light, which I didn't, because I hadn't looked at I set heard lists. he hasn't done, yeah. Right. I, did, I, I, I didn't know what was coming and what was rare. But thankfully, that was one of the clips. I think Harris has put that on our Instagram, uh, pieces of that. Awesome. So now back to Fishman. And the Slave was wonderful. My friend Blythe is the one who told me it was rare right after the show. Thank you, Blythe. That's uh, Steve and Blythe, good people. All right. Um, Yes, this two. one, yeah, and this is the clip where he talks about the band's name, and this also we did backstage at the Fox Theater, Hampton 70. God bless you, Colonel Bruce. Fish something has always been my nickname. I mean, my, you know, like when your last name is Fishman, fish is a prefix for fish head, fish fuck, fish face, fish shit, you know, like growing up, that was just, and then when the band started, I, I, I actually did throw fish as a name out there. But I didn't. I really didn't mean to name it after myself. It was only because we were trying to think of a name that didn't. If you call yourself Slayer, right? You got. You have to slay. And if you call yourself Fish, you don't have to be anything particular musically. You you can you you can you have the opportunity for the music to define the name rather than the name define the music. But so the yeah, object was to find a name that didn't define the music. You know, Metallica is mm-hmm. like you're 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 not going to be. It's unlikely that you'll be a country band if you're calling yourself Metallica. Okay, that's it for the best reveal category. And you, by the way, we're going to go ahead and post on all our social medias. You'll be able to go ahead and vote on these. And, you know, I think we'll give a prize for people to vote. Prize for the winner. We'll get prizes. Who cares? You might get a prize. You might not get a prize. But it'll be a surprise. I've got a great prize idea for the Honors Beck episode. But we'll, we'll get to that next episode. But Which, now, but- folks... We're going to also have a best live performance category, and rather than play four songs right right away, we're going to split each category with one song and end with the song. Um, we're going to start here with Sam Bush, who a lot of times, you know, when I, a lot of folks ask about the podcast, this is one I send out a lot, even though I, I don't feel like I was on my game. Our engineer was late. We didn't have a place to do it. We ended up Sam you were Bush. Kinda, you were kind of bitchy. I was. Sometimes I bitch and moan. Yeah, but the thing is this, Sam Bush is such a seasoned vet that, and, you know, he's... He's a friendly guy, he really a is. humble guy. He is. So when he's like, yeah, I'll give you guys 30 minutes, he means I'll give you 30 minutes. It was 30 minutes on the button. But he Except also... Except the song was after. The song went over 30. Yeah. But he also was genuine about the whole thing and just a fantastic... Well, right from the beginning, when I knew the name of the mandolin, which I've forgotten at this moment, escapes me, he started telling about recent work he's done on it, what he might be doing and all this kind of... I mean, he... That's like B.B. King with his guitar. He, he knows that mando. Mm-hmm. So without... Uh... This is called uh, Cattle McCain, and he was it was just Seth 
myself, Robert, and Sam in the back of his bus, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful moment. This is if you ever get a podcast, this is the kind of stuff that will probably stick out to you as the great, great, great moments. He gives a little introduction here. Go ahead. Here's a, a, a little version of an old fiddle tune, Cattle in the Cane. Let's see here. <laughs> Thank you so much. We really appreciate your uh, time. Hopefully we'll get to chat with you again. Thank you, friends. Thank you, neighbors. Okay. Well, that was it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, please. I have to first say Josh Thane. This is From Wonder Dog Sound Studios also. And Josh Thane Productions. Productions. And Migrant Worker, who will be performing at Sweetwater 420 Fest. This this is a nightmare for Josh. It's the pain in the ass episode, but he's excellent. And this is going to make, if you folks are listening and you hear what a good job he's doing, assuming he does my edits right, which I think he will. This is this is how what a great engineer he is, and uh, especially if you're another one of these podcasts on our uh, platform, and you're yeah. looking for an engineer, give us a call or email us, call. us at inside.wtns at gmail.com. But now it's time for our next category: worst interruption, worst interruption. And we'll start with episode two, Colonel Bruce Hampton. This is uh, the first mm. guest we had, the first introduction. I wrote out this long introduction. I took time, went back and forth, and then Seth interrupted it with inaccurate information. What? Play the clip. Since the late 60s, our guest has been making his own singular way through the music world. Armed with the knowledge of R&B and a love of improvisation of, and jazz and quite frankly, comedy. He's fronted some great bands, including the uh, cult classic Hampton Grease Band, one of the greatest jam bands ever, the Aquarium Rescue Unit, Fiji Mariners, today uh, the Madrid Express, I believe, right? He has always been uh, had a love of improvisation. That's one of the things I, I, I like about him the most. Also, the fact that he appeared on two Frank Zappa albums, and he also has an acting career. Which... Well, don't, don't forget he was a uh, pro wrestler. 
Yes. Manager. Manager, yeah, she manager. is. Manager, excuse me. But I don't know how many people know that you appeared in Sling Blade, and uh, there is a documentary of your life. It's been so interesting, called Basically Frightened. And he stars as Dickie St. John in the new Here Comes Rusty, which is hitting theater soon. The premiere is coming right up in early April. And, April, uh, April 3rd, Buckhead Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, <laughs> and it's going to be part of the Atlanta Film Festival. And Seth and I are just very delighted to have on our show Colonel Bruce Hampton. Welcome, Colonel Bruce. Thanks for having me, guys. And Colonel thanked us for having him. Can you believe that? Our very first guest. He's he. <laughs> He's still with us, man. He absolutely is. I I feel his presence so so often. But I mean, we God, if you listen to the, if you listen to our show, Rob can at any point say you're listening to Colonel Bruce Radio because I talk about him all the time, like he's here. And, and that week when I was I miss him so much. I really, really, really miss him. Yeah, I hear you. Don't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. If you're talking about the Colonel. But that week when I was putting together the episode, I mean, there was some bizarre stuff happening. And if you listen to our shows, you can hear all about them. It's not us at our most professional, that Colonel Bruce tribute, but we left it because out of respect to him. It was it was real. It was our real emotions. It was our real feeling. Do you remember what we were going through in terms of like back and forth of like, hey, should we do it? Like, we remember, I yeah. mean, I, I remember was, coming home that night, but then the next day and we're like, you know what? We're not going to do anything with this footage. And you, you were, you were very adamant. Like, we're not doing, we're going, we're, we're shutting down the show for weeks or something like, you know. And then we both kind of like hit each other and like, no, we need to do this. Well, we need he, to do this right now. We got back to the office. It was like a day or two after. It wasn't that. It was, no, it was the next day. It dude. was the next day, right? We're like, we had to, we had to do it. He had us back there for a reason. And we had to honor that, even if we look like simpering idiots in so doing. So if you, that's, we, it's not even episode number. It's the Colonel Bruce tribute, which, by the way, this is our 50th episode. But if you count all the side episodes, we're, we're closer to 70, right? Actually, 60. I imported oh, us. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did? Today, I imported us. In, oh, we would have been 61 if you didn't delete one, asshole. Yeah, well. <clears throat> do you want to get into that? You not right now. No, no, no. You know what? Our listeners, if you're still listening, thank you so much. And let's continue, shall we, Rob? <laughs> Although there is another one that's not available that will be available for one day on March 4th. We'll tell the story later. But, but, we, but, but, but we had but. Scott Bernstein on, and this guy, this poor guy, we interrupted him repeatedly, or more you did than I did. And he kind of went with it. It's Scotty from Jambase from Yumblog. We love Scott Bernstein. He's a great guy. He also has the uh, Jambase podcast. Yes. And I don't know. He stopped following me on Twitter. I got a little pissed about that. Did but you? Whatever. Did, He's did like you, a rock star. He's a big name. Did you confront him? Oh, my no. God. Oh, my God. I need to follow me. Well, I will say that on this episode, um, it was a very long and lengthy episode that we did with him. And he hung in there. He's a great guy. And, and he really Rob, loves fish. To keep on the interruption basis, yes. um, I believe we drank a lot during that episode. Yeah. And on that note, it's our 50th, so I got a bottle here I want to share with you. It's a 2016 uh, Bordeaux. Let, let us make it clear that that was unusual. We generally are very, very sober when we do, and they take this it very true. seriously. But the fish one, it was 13 shows. It, um, I, I, I always love fish, but I'm not as enamored with 3.0 fish as, as others. But that, that Baker's Dozen thing was just awesome. They went through the whole thing without almost without repeating a song. They only repeated one song. That's so impressive to me. It's amazing. So here's the clip. Episode 39. Episode thir- oh, sorry. Go ahead. With Scott Bernstein, who you should follow on Twitter. I think I, I unfollowed him, and i got to stop that. i got to go back and follow him again. He's, He's a, a good follow. Bitch. Well, he puts on a lot of posts All right, all right. Stuff. Just come on. Let's go I ahead. Need, I don't need to see him in a bathtub, you know, that kind of thing. But let's, let's go. Roll the clip. Here's Scotty. 
Uh, August 4th, I had a really weird moment. I was driving to see Tinsley Ellis, and the show, this show started, and I popped it on on my uh, thing and heard... Tape the- deck? How did you pop it on your tape deck, Rob? <laughs> no, I had my little uh, magic phone box. And um, they opened with See That My Grave Kept, Kept Clean, and then I walk in to see Tinsley Ellis, and he's playing the same song. No. Yes. <laughs> was he on stream and, like, improving? Like, no. I'm a- oh. I, I got to tell you, though, Tinsley's version was better. A lot better. Yeah, I mean, I think they just played it because of the blind Lemon jo- Jefferson is the guy who popularized it. Yep. Sometimes it you gotta really- say a pun if it's dirty. I love that they did it. <laughs> yeah. A one kind favor, I think. They is- punch you in the eye right after? It's sometimes called one kind favor. Right? Huh. I thought maybe it's because they literally punched you in the eye right after. There again. No, a- there again. No, a- <laughs> All right, did we get the jokes. Okay, we- fine. We Speaking of on. jokes, you know, you know what? You're not going to see this next joke coming. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm into that kind of comedy. Like Larry Sanders' show. You never knew. Love that. Oh, man. You never knew. We talked about it with Colonel in that mm-hmm. first interview. Um, Scott Bernstein, wonderful guy. Hey, wonderful. And I like Scotty a lot. Hell, yeah. Uh, but I'm really confused as though, like, he was on Jam Cruise. We hung. We had some great talks about his podcast, our podcast, and the activities on Jam Cruise. And, you know, we had some killer stuff he was excited about. And then I look, I haven't listened to the full episode. I mean, he did talk to Annabelle. So, you know, I get enough of her. I don't really need to listen to her, just like you probably don't want to hear me talking right now. But at any rate, because I'm talking about Jam Cruise. Rob loves when I talk about Jam Cruise. But Scotty. But no comments, no, no nothing about some of the amazing activities that we did on Jam Cruise. But he talks about the music, he talks about Annabelle, and talks about all this stuff, but not did he activities. Write, did he write about it? Because yeah. he texted me about, the, particularly the guitar thing. I don't, I don't, now, in my in my defense, or rather his defense, rather, his defense, uh, he may very well have, and I just didn't notice it. I, I did read through some of the reviews. I saw one on Jam Base that he did, and I don't remember seeing much about the activities. That surprises me, because he commented in text. I love his writing. I love when he's describing the music. I don't, I, the only time his reviews get a little annoying are when he repeats stuff that can be gleaned from looking at a set list, like the last time something's played and all that. And I get into all that, as he calls it, geekery. But in the review, I don't, I don't even know if it should be addressed. You can look at the set list and see it. But believe me, there are other sites that are much worse about it, where that's the only thing they write about in the show. There are some reviews on other websites where it doesn't even seem like the person was there. Actually, we were buried under one of those. Our Brendan Bayless interview was buried under one of those at a certain point. Oh, and then there's also those reviews that never get written because the writer never writes them. Because he never hears from the uh, publication. But that's besides the point. Yeah, what and, I do want to say is this, though. And we're not talking about Scott with you, that. No, 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 not at all. Thank uh, you. With Jam Cruise, though, there was Marcus King, who was on board. And our next segment. First of all, the next segment, um, one of one of the favorite things is, is elephant Seth's elephant noise. Or are you talking about the... That's the one. And we've had many different. We even had a banjo elephant at one point. Do we really? Yeah, we've had different. different <laughs> we should have done a segment at the end where we just do the elephants. But let's play the clip, and then I'll explain why it annoyed the crap out of me. All right. Which, folks. by the way, this is episode forty-three. We learn a lot about Marcus King. Don't go by this clip. We learned so much, but particularly uh, about. We, his- we learned about his favorite uh, drink. It's the uh, Marcus. And now the clip. There is an elephant in the room. <laughs> we got to talk about Warren. <laughs> I mean, Warren, Warren's a good man, and I want to, you know, it's a, we all know about his music, but the more I learn about him as a person, uh, just amazing some of the stuff that he does. Seth, 
the first time he was playing the beacon, speaking to the beacon, mm-hmm. he invites Marcus on stage, and he has him do uh, the Marshall Tucker Band song. Yeah, can't uh, you see? Can't you see? Which he used to play with his grandfather, which was written by Toy Caldwell, who's from Spartanburg, the next town over. Yeah, I or, just think that. I mean, and he didn't even tell you; he just sprung it on you. He, and did he know the impact, or, did, or was it happenstance? I think he did. Warren is kind of. I think he's a little uh, reserved in what it is that he he really knows going is going on. I heard he asked you to do the Blind Boys version. <laughs> he wanted you to play it like the Blind Boys of, like, of Alabama. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it's the what was the song? <laughs> Can't you see? Blind Boys. <laughs> oh shit! God, <laughs> sorry man. about that, folks. You got me. <laughs> so yeah, that's all we got about Warren Haynes in that interview. And you actually had a funny cover for it, but it was false when you said, oh, enough people talked about Warren, but I don't know. There were a couple of good things I could have gotten out of him about I'm Warren. I'm not saying that, but I'm starting to feel like this category should be renamed to moments of interviews that, that Seth interrupted that really pissed off Rob. Yeah, shut up and listen to the guests. Yeah. The uh, listeners want to hear the guests. Yes, I understand that. Sometimes they also like a little icebreaker. Right, but try not to interrupt them. You, you, that, that's, your, that's the only thing. You, you cut them off when they're saying stuff. And when someone's a fan of that artist and you do that, it, it's not inviting. Yeah, you know what, Rob? You can pay my therapist bill because that's what I go and talk to him about all the time. And, and if I may, life, of course. let's point yes. out that Seth takes things to heart. Let me, let me be honest one thing about Seth. When he first started emceeing, he was not very good. And he has taken input from people over the years... And now he's awesome at it. So I'll say that about you. You do listen and take stuff to heart sometimes. You can be stubborn and a douche sometimes. But anyway, now we're going to move on. Uh, (laughs) Can I I also just say that? Can I also just say? This Marcus King is a pocket-worn thing. Maybe the playing a little bit, but they don't sing alike. Marcus is is 21 years old. That's lazy. If you're just reducing Marcus King to being a, a, a worn knockoff, you're not listening to the way he sings. You're also... Marcus... uh, I. He's 21 years old, and he is, um, he's under, what's a direction, under the influence of folks like Eric Krasno, who's really taking him under his wing. And that's key. And he's got, you know, here, my only comment on Marcus is this, he can be king, he just has to stay on course. And he's 21 years old, and there's a lot of temptation that's going to be coming his way, listen to the Brock Butler episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And if he can stay on course and not allow these other things to get in his way, we are going to see a legend. Don't let your fame, don't let the fame get to your ego. I've, I've seen it people, not even on stage, even just some people who work in the scene, some lowly people, they get their first job and they're so full of themselves. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but at any rate, let's go ahead and move on. But Rob. Yes. This next segment, uh, and this, uh, to Seth's credit, this, uh, I was like, no, let's not do this. What are you, crazy? What are you talking about? That was so much fun. We, we were going to talk to Brownie to do the intro for Thievery Corporation because he had them on Camp Bisco before a lot of people knew who Thievery was. I, I think... Um, what was the Jeff Franco episode? It's the it's Jeff so, Franco yeah. episode, and, and I, I think um, Thievery even, you know, I think they appreciated that, that Biscuits reached out to them. So we were going to have Brownie do the intro, and then Seth had the idea of calling Al and well, Goop. Because he got held up. Brownie, yeah, Brownie's like, give me a couple, you know, right. a plane bubble. So, so we we're had sitting a little time in an undisclosed location, and time's going by. And when time goes by and we're sitting there, Seth's mind goes crazy. And Al Schneer is just such a great guy. He's a mensch. Even though he took a great woman away from our city, I mean, it's great because they have such a great bond, and, and she's with uh, one of the coolest guys in music. Rusa, stop licking. 
But that's my dog. Sorry. Yeah. So my dog's here too. We have all three dogs here, and they're all being quiet so far. So far. You have to try the widespread panic thing again later. Not now. Later. Remember that you did that, and then Birdie barks, but you cut the recording. It was the John Bell episode. Oh it would God. have been a okay, perfect yeah. cut, but oh. <laughs> you went widespread panic. She went. Grr. So not to interrupt you with my dog comment, it totally derailed you from. I see this is exactly what you're saying. <laughs> right. But if it's just me, that's one thing. When you do it to the guests, then okay, it's bad. Okay, I didn't mean to bring it back. I'm all sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Right. So let's not bring it back, but let's bring it to... The- yeah, so so you you had Al imitating me, and then after a while, we, we revealed... <laughs> I guess that might have been a best reveal, telling Brownie that he was actually talking to Al, not me. I have to be honest, though, during that whole thing, I was so uncomfortable because I... I, I I mean, it was going so well, but then I'm like, well, Brownie's talking too much and we got to get, you know, at what, you know, we only have 15 minutes yeah. because it's supposed to be an intro and, and, and I got to, and so I'm trying to like move it along and then I feel like I'm pissing Brownie off because I'm cutting him off and it's like, ah, but you're I'm trying too, to do it on purpose. You're too time conscious, like a certain guitar player in a certain band I love, but, um, it was really nice of Al to do it and, uh. <laughs> I love when he Al gets so he, he was, tried to get so robbed so he's like right. um, <clears throat> so um <laughs> I, it was, I believe it was June fourth when um you first um go, 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 here's the thing Al's a bit of a geek but he had to he had to amp up <laughs> he had to amp up the geekness yes he did that's how much of a freaking geek I am all oh. right all right all right so let's uh cut to the chase yeah we wrote a few new songs and all out together and uh yeah it was great i just dropped off Vinny at his house and i'm on my way home yeah i was gonna say you you and i have bonded over dead shows we saw in the 80s and we remember when jerry went away he came back and had black muddy river and uh, when push comes to shove i mean these things these awful terrible things can spawn inspiration right yeah yeah oh yeah rock got all these Rob's got all these great songs. It's 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 awesome. Is this new for yeah. him to bring that many songs to it to the table, or is that that par- always been his role and uh, part of his role? Um, well, both. Um, you know, he's. Oh, sounds like a good good time for a question for you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Not so, to interrupt. Okay, hilarious. But the reason that that was annoying was because Mo had just reunited, and Al starts telling us about the new song, and it's actually kind of funny, too. I mean, at the moment, I was... uh, Hey, uh, Al, can you tell us how Rob's doing? No, yeah, no. sure. I but, no, it was more. He was talking about the new material, and then you cut him off, and then the phone went dead. So we didn't. And then I don't think we ever got him. <laughs> I mean, it was annoying. I'm, we're sorry, our listeners, but it's kind of funny now that time's gone by. You know the new songs. They played them all now. Actually, I watched their re, uh, reunion shows, and uh, that the first set, the first show back, I was. It was really moving. It was powerful, passionate Mo, and and the whole run was great. But I got to tell you, that first set back, I was, I was pretty knocked over. But, here, uh, here to Rob, and not you. I mean, Rob from Mo fighting cancer. Coming back like that, staying strong. Yeah. He kind of overdid the ho-hum thing, though. You know? Oh, this is enough. Let's not talk about me or whatever. It's like, come on, dude. You survived cancer. You beat cancer, and you guys are back on stage. You know? Take take a little adulation. It's okay. It's okay, Rob. But, man, he fought cancer and won. And speaking of winning, which 
of the Seth really pissed off Rob segments that we just <laughs> played the for listeners. you all there. Who cares if you pissed me off? The listeners. All right, fine. If I pissed you off enough, go ahead and uh, be sure to vote. We're going to, again, we're going to put this up on the web. Yeah, and our social media will have a survey. We want you to vote. So go ahead and do that. And continuing on, uh, we have another select yep. cut of music. This is our second of the five songs we'll be playing for you this evening. Yes. This is. Well, the next category will be Worst Question, but first, uh, Randall Bramlett, we were in his basement, basically, of his house, and um, this is a funny song. I know I messed up. It's Randall Bramlett next, because this song is funny. This is about, you know, and you and I get this a little bit, but not like the musicians and the stars do. People who come Love up this to song. People who come up to you and expect, for me, it's they more don't gauze the me, though. They don't gauze. Uh, I got gauzed a couple times. Yeah, but you didn't get blown. No, that's been a while. But um, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? The Randall. Oh yeah. So <laughs> speaking of blowing saxophones, <laughs> it was okay. So while well, Rob's laughing, so we're sitting here in his basement. This yeah. is kind of his recording studio kind of area, just like his home. You know, Very it intimate. is not just like his home. It is his home, yeah. which is surrounded by this this beautiful area. Let's just, so nice of him to let us into his house. And he's got, and he just, he was just so chill. He's such a genuine person. Think about some of these musicians, Rob. I, I want to, I. I want to paint the picture for our listeners for a second. Paint away. We really have this opportunity to not only talk to these musicians, but get to know them. And and a lot of these musicians I've known through doing concerts and festivals and my music industry work, and we've known from going to see them, etc. But what we're finding is that the, there's there's such a genuineness about amongst a lot of the pretty much everyone we've talked to and if i may since we're in the middle of beating ourselves up with worse categories i think one thing we do well is that we come in with knowledge and we also uh, have a casual approach that that sets them at ease and gets them talking like they're talking to a buddy not like some of these interviews can sound like depositions man and musicians don't like that no they don't but you got to well, get them comfortable, and then you get good stuff out of them. But we're finding uh, some similar stories, uh, such as uh, we'll find, we'll just we'll talk about this on Anders uh, back when we release it. But mm-hmm. there's there's some them that's true. Yes, there's stories that we hear uh, from different musicians that all parallel where like like by chance, like meetings by chance that end mm-hmm. up becoming like the next like legends of music. Uh, it, it's just crazy, but. All these musicians, uh, they really they open to us. They open up to us, and we're fine. People like Randall are such genuine people because we don't just talk about them. They talk about the people that matter to them. I mean, the people that have got them where they got, people that they've helped get to where they're going, such as uh, Randall with Nick. Humble, good, wholesome people. And can I talk to the spreadheads for a minute? Hold on a second. I think they're listening now. Oh, don't be mean now. But oh, the, come on. But they know. I love the spreadheads. Don't even, don't even think Believe I don't. Panic in the playa. You think, throw down with them. Uh, they, they, they're they really good to you. They go into the pool and listen to your interviews, and they participate in your activities. Let's be clear about this. Did, did I did, I haven't talked to you about this. Do you know what? The the spreadhead community, there's this magic that they that they possess. And I think I talked about it on the one of the episodes. It's aging well. It was a little rough-hewn before, yeah. but it's aging really well. But they're so dialed in to each other mm-hmm. that when you that at an event like that where everyone's so in their highest of spirits, they channel like like so if you ask the universe a question and you and then you're amongst these this 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 uh this crew of people, they channel the answer to you. And it's not by like they're, they're it's not even this conscious thing. It's just that they're they're so connected uh and, and to each other that 
anyone is surrounded by them is going to benefit from it. And that. I think that's a little bit of the Colonel wand. Yeah. I really do. But Spreadheads, I know you know Randall from guest spots and that he does a great job with the horns and all that stuff. But the guy writes great songs and puts on awesome shows. You Such need, as this one, yeah. You need to go to see Randall Bramlett and don't go expecting him to do widespread covers. Although you can yeah, maybe you can yeah. maybe get him to do Get In, Get Out, which you know, widespread should start doing again. That's his him, song. If you see him in Atlanta on a Friday, expect some traffic, and I don't mean the song, the and, band. And go to, that's a good one. But um, go to Vista. Vista Room, by the way, stepping it up, but we'll talk about that another time. If you see Randall at Vista, you will dance, you will have a great time, and um, our, the... If you want to hear our interview with him where we talk about his work with Traffic and Greg Allman and Steve Winman and all that stuff, as well as his solo career, uh, it's episode 30. I can't read that. 36. So here we go. This is Randall Bramlett doing I Just Don't Have the Time. And he tells a little story to lean in. So sweet. I'd like to get to know you. I'd like to be your friend, but I just don't have the time. To hear about the latest whatever it is you're doing Ride around the golf course with your drinking wine You say maybe we could sit down and get down to business What do I think about the state of the world? Spend some quality time one-on-one Shoot the shit while I go out of my mind I'd like to get to know you Bet you got your ducks in line I really like to be your friend, but I just don't have the time. I really like to hear about your rehab, how you crashed and burned, but you got yourself together now. Moved down to the beach and got a new lease, writing a book on spiritual something or other. You say living is easy and prosperity is sweet. The more I listen, the more I think I need some therapy. All I want to do is get through my five stages of grief. From being around you, I'd like to get to know you. I bet you got your ducks in line. I really like to be your friend, but I just don't have the time. the large hadron collider well what if all the hadrons go wrong did i read a book called the god particle you know maybe we could fit that in a song that we could write together something about broken hearts and stormy weather you know we could be the next simon and garfunkel i'm running out of lime so i got to holler uncle like to get to know you I bet you got your ducks in line I really like to be your friend But I just don't have the time
Garfunkel and that Uncle. Is, I'm running out of rhymes. I think I said limes, <laughs> which is good too. Well, yes, yeah. It's our exclusive version. <laughs> it's the Mexican That's a lot version. Of words in that damn song. I'm running out of r- limes. I'm running out of rhymes. <laughs> that seems like the kind of song like David Bromberg has one called um, "I'll Take oh, You Back." Yeah, yeah. But he keeps adding to the end of it. It seems like one where, as time goes by, you could add yeah, verses. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. That was Randall Bramlett. And we move on, before we move on to our next category. And the end of the worst interruptions. So now we're back to our normal broadcast. Yes, that's going to stop beating a premise to death. But we're going to thank some people here before we go on. Starting with our current and full official sponsor for uh, a very lengthy period of time, uh, Polay and Clark, who is an accounting firm that's ready to account for you. And I watched the Super Bowl with Robert... Palais, and uh, in front of a group, a room full of people, I um, recited their new slogan, which is a Seth Weiner creation. And that is Don't wait till April and get fucked. Get Palais. Don't get screwed, get Palais. But uh, he is a. <laughs> He's a great guy. It's a great company. I'm still waiting on the Kyrie Irving. He's got to get Kyrie to really impress me. But Check we, him out, PaleClark.com. And he was, he's an Eagles fan. We watch a Super Bowl. I'm a Patriots fan, and he was cool about it. But he's been an Eagles. He, he grew up in, he was born in Philly. His team won. Congratulations. They, they, uh, they outplayed the Patriots. You're they listening were, to Sports Radio it. with Rob Turner. You got to wonder if we played Butler in the second half, what would have happened. But the Eagles won. Fair and square. Great You're job. talking about playing the Brock Butler episode during the Super Bowl? Malcolm Butler. Don't, don't, let's not even, it's, it's too upsetting. Also, I want to thank, uh, well, we want to thank a bunch of folks that have helped us get to where we are, uh, starting with our boy, Sully Harris. Harrison, who's become, uh, Harris Sullivan has become a good friend of mine. I'm going to start, I, I'm going to start bringing dates to his restaurant. He works at a really nice restaurant. Just because you think he's going to give you like the your, dates. Rob's going to sit out back and get like the scraps of like plates. On a date? No, I'll yeah. do that. I'll do that when I'm alone. <laughs> What are you talking about? That's embarrassing in front of a woman. Also, Josh Thane, our engineer who really has been with us the, through the thick and thin of it, uh, helping us become better as we help him become better. But together, we are an amazing team. So thank you, Josh Thane. His band, Migrant Worker, will be at the Sweetwater 420 Festival. Book them at your festival. And of course, uh, we had some interns this last season. We had uh, both Nathaniel Roberts and Adam Bogle, uh, who came to us from the Kennesaw Music Business Program, Kennesaw State here in Georgia. Uh, Keith Parisi, uh, thank you so much for being so trustworthy and giving. What's the word? I'm, what's the word I'm thinking? Rob, take over. Altruistic, yes, generous, and generous. I'd also like to point out. You know, some of these larger bands like Humphreys McGee, specifically Kevin Browning and Widespread Panic and Fish have been really generous and responsive uh, with getting us music, getting us uh, interviews and also um, promoting the, these afterward. You know, some of these we have smaller artists that are more difficult to work with and don't even mention us on social media after we put all the work into these episodes for no pay or little. I guess we're just starting to get a little pay, but it's nice when uh, these artists that we spend, particularly me, researching Put a lot of time into this, mm-hmm. and you, you should you should mention it on social media. When we put all this time into it, and you ignore us on social media. It's it's a little not a lot insulting, but a little insulting. Mind you, Rob's not on Facebook. Also, on that note, um, hey, listen, live for live music. Uh, we were with you for a little bit, and I want to thank you guys for the time we had together because you you know we we definitely felt the uh, the love there and and thank you Chris for that. Chris was great and uh, Kunj has just had some surgery we wish him a great recovery Kunj put me on the guest list for Spafford and although I couldn't find a spot for the first set 
actually there was an empty VIP and Scott Orvald wouldn't let me in. Thanks, Scott. But the, what we did is at the break, I did the old clear the bladder thing, got a drink, and Harris and I went in the front row and watched the whole second set, and it was tremendous. And in finishing up with our thank yous, Robert Kwan, Z-Man, and Ira, who all who have been super, super supportive of us. Uh, Robert Kwan uh, will get you because you got those WTNS live files. Come on, baby. Got some things and- planned with him. And Robert Kwan is just, I mean, they're all very, very, very good at what they do. And Robert Kwan is an extremely gifted man. If I may, once again. <clears throat> There was the time we were at a festival. We're back. We're right behind the stage. The stage is thumping, and he's got his boom thing. And I'm like, well, no, we're That's not going to hear this. Facebook photo, by the way, if you want to see that. Yeah, put that on with uh, Dwayne Trucks. That's funny. Um, but I did. I'm doing the interview. I could barely hear what they were saying. That was the only bummer we didn't have headphones. But I'm, I'm thinking in my head, this is we're not going to be able to use any of this stuff. And then we get it back, and it sounds. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, that's amazing to me. I don't know sound, but I have an idea of how I might learn sound. Speaking of festivals, Shaky Knees, yes. Sweetwater Four Twenty. Festival. Yes. They were great to us this past year. And uh, speaking of venues, um, Terminal West always been great. City Winery. And of course, the Variety Playhouse. And last but not least, Wait. the Fox Theater. Alley Knight, thank you so much for all of your support. But also the Tabernacle. And one thing the Variety and the Tabernacle have in common is that we're starting to uh, use certain rooms so much that um, I'm going to start asking to have our logo and maybe have the room named after our show. Well, on that note, it's time to go to our next category. <laughs> yes, and worst question. I, you know, I tried to find examples of me, but you know, I don't ask a lot of bad questions, Seth. So, but the one, <laughs> the one I did ask that's in here is is one of the worst questions. But we're gonna get there. Apparently, yeah. we're gonna start with me again. Yes. Um, well, the most of these are you. You know, the, Rob did produce this show. Uh, thank you, Rob, our producer. Yeah, for pointing out all of my mistakes. Let's move on. Well, this so, needs to uh, get better this year. This needs to get better. So, oh, speaking of getting better, that reminds me. Thank you, my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I forgot. Who, you know, so so frequently, uh, if anyone's a podcaster out there, you know they're a true podcaster when they say these words. Well, I would do more podcasting if my uh, my wife wasn't so mad at me. Yeah, and it can be frustrating. We have to clear stuff with her three or four times, but she does allow us to do it, and um, she's a wonderful wife to you, and and uh, hell of a mother to Daryl. Yes, and we love Daryl, and uh, he's going to keep playing that cello, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and get now right into it. Uh, this, this is going to be Seth trying to read Colonel's mind. Seth trying to be the Colonel, and the Colonel shooting him down. But now, this clip is not only in here for the dumb question, but also a, a very funny Colonel moment uh okay why why first question is why are you thinking about the number seven what's what's the deal with number seven why are you thinking about it no seven tonight no seven no no it's not a seven it's a five day it's a five day yeah five is blue Mm, seven is purple but uh it's a blue day all right all right what's brown then uh one one you know why Brown was discovered in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> so you would think the colonel, you know, he goes uh, against the cliche. You'd think Brown would be invented somewhere like Cleveland where they have a shitty football team that's named the Browns. But no, colonel sees beyond that. Brown was invented in Denver. Brown is the color that only bankers wear. What's under that airport? What's under that airport, Seth? I don't know. 
We move on back to episode 32, Jen Hartswick. And this is one of those examples when you you try to be progressive-minded and then you <laughs> reveal your regressiveness. I think this happens a lot with people using ist words, like calling someone racist or sexist all the time. And then... Robbist. And you overuse the word and it loses its its meaning. You have to be careful. You can... Or you can... Like I had a woman once tell me I was racist because... You were fast? I was... Here come the quips again. The interruptions. But I like made a comment about the crime rate in, in the in the city, and I, I said, "Well, yeah, that's it's a little disturbing the crime rate near where I live," and the, and she said, "That's racist," and I was like, "Racist against what what race?" And then she realized that she was actually being racist herself ah. because she was assuming that the crime rate You're was because not in the city but inner city, right? But I'm just no, I just said in the city, and that could just as easily be committed by any race. There's plenty of crime committed by white people. Actually, I've seen it firsthand. There's it, that statistic that just is just daunting me lately is, you, you know, you look at the school shootings and, and shootings in general, massacres, white males, white males, white males, white males, not never, white women, not ne- black women, never a woman, not black men, never a woman, majority white men and never a woman. Now, I know women are going to kill us mentally, not physically, but that's for sure. I mean, but for real, like that's like, what the fuck is wrong with a white male? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm going to back down off that. Anyways, so this is, we had a little idea. Mm. And and I'm part of this question, too. I know. This is such a good. Oh, the I night before, the we idea. thought we had come up with the greatest thing. We were so pleased we were with ourselves. So we were like, oh, we can't go. And first of all, she goofs on us when we first presented to her. She goofs on us and pretends to be offended. And we had previously talked about the window, why, why the windows don't open the hotels. And then we joke about how suddenly we're going to find a way to open the window and jump out because we thought we had totally offended her. And she goofed on us. We love her. Uh, yes, you we have do. to love this woman. But let's just play the clip. Here you go. So we did have an idea. I want to take this idea a little further, though. Okay. So you got you, all you ladies become, make, this, make this a band. But you could do jazz. And would it, Rob, is it okay if I say it? It was my idea. I, I, hope, she, I hope she likes this. You guys should cover Bitches Brew. And be called Bitches Brew. Or just be Bitches Playing Bitches it's Brew. Really fun. That was it. Bitches Playing Bitches Brew. It's really offensive, you guys. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know these days. The window's <laughs> open. I'll be back. <laughs> hey, the window does open. If you crack it. Seth, <sighs> go look over here. <laughs> but seriously, why not a project mm-hmm. like that? I mean, the jam scene, and I'm, I, I assure you I'm no feminist, but sometimes it seems like the jam scene's a little lacking in the female presence. Well, I, yeah, I will say this, and I don't mean to come across any other way than the mean, like, the way I mean to come across, <laughs> but I don't, I, I would never do something for novelty's sake. And I think mm-hmm. that women in music, period, it's like somehow it becomes some fucking novelty. And it's like, bro, we work just as hard or harder to prove ourselves than, than you ever will have to without even thinking about it. We were having this conversation with, with Trey a couple of days ago. And I said to him, I said, thank you, first of all. He hired me so young and and was so immediately respectful of me as a musician, period. There was never any, like, she's a girl, oh, she's young, she's good. It wasn't, like, there was none of that. It was like he just saw the musician he needed for his situation. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that I would ever ask of anybody. I don't give a shit that I have a vagina. You know what I mean? It's like not a thing. It's a thing to other people, I guess. But to, to me, it's like I'm just showing up to work just like any other woman shows up to work. Sure. And so to to I totally get that, that there are women who want to put an all-girl band together. And I, it just wouldn't be something that I would, would want to do 
on based based, based on the fact that they we're all women. You know what I mean? Like Even I just you're all really I, badass musicians. I mean, it would have to be re- like a lot of everyone just be so bad. Yeah, and but about. but it just we happen to be girls. I don't. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to put the, a band together because uh-huh. we're all girls. Okay, and so. Anyway, but whatever. We that's that's just sort of where where I that that suggestion has been made time and time again, mm-hmm. and I and I understand that people might really like to see that, um, but I would I just wouldn't be in an all girl band for the sake of being in an all girl band. I think that's fucking weird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, she got us. She schooled us. Oh my god. We need to have more women on the show and, and get taught things like that. And again, I'm no feminist. That's no right. kidding in that joke. But I do respect women, and I do know we have to learn from them. I mean, sometimes the, the progressiveness can be pushed for a little too hard, but we, we men do need to learn things. And you don't need to – we got to be careful. Like, I'm glad that these sexual predators are being yeah. called out. But let's not lump the Aziz Asaris in there. I don't think Aziz Asari did anything too wrong there. I think he got a little star effer woman who uh, was, Al Franken, though? was looking for – Al Franken – that just came out today that the that that was kind of Republican led and then Republicans feeding the typically overreactionary uh, extreme left shooting well, itself in the foot again. It is President's Day, so therefore, if you really want to get away with shit, just become president. Uh, it seems that way. But here we go back to the Sam Bush interview. Well, no, before we go there, I wanted sure. to say about the bitches brew thing. Okay, uh, I am not kidding about this part though. I would love uh, to have Jeff Coffin, Jennifer Hartswick, Benny Bloom bring out the. You know, let's just bring a bunch of horn musicians together and let's do Bitches Brew. They don't all need to know every single song. We can segment segment them into, you know, pair pair them up in different ways so they can each learn a different piece of it. But how cool would that be? I'll tell you, Lettuce has done some Miles Davis stuff. Oh, my God. And Benny is obviously a key part of that working. And um, I had already respected him and enjoyed his work, but... When I hear him on that stuff, it just knocks me out. That's a next level stuff. Next level stuff. Way to go, Benny. But this next clip, we go back to episode 16, the Sam Bush episode, when Rob was uh, not on his game. Rob was being a bitch, as Seth said. But he's right. I I like things to go a certain way. I like things to run on time so that we get the most time. I think we would have gotten more than 30 minutes out of Sam. Yeah, but you got to get off your fucking... You, like, you just gotta, sometimes you got to deal with the music, man. You gotta, well, we did get you, a good interview. It's not, I didn't totally melt down. I know, but but then... you know. But just, this is the example yeah, of the worst it's, moment. It's like this. It's like, it's like you know, when, when when we do an interview, you and I, and I have something that, that kind of triggers like you know the home front, and then I come and I'm kind of not in the best mood. The same thing. It's really difficult to like get you out of a bad space, and then I feel all like, "Oh, Rob, I gotta like help you out. Look at the birdie. Look at the birdie." <laughs> well, listen to the interview. I, I pulled out pretty well. We did. Yeah, a good, he pulled out pretty well. I've gotten some good feedback on this. Don't don't leave just yet. So, I don't know why I asked this question. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I know the answer to this question, and well, if we start isolating... It's not about you knowing the answers. You ask questions. I know. You're right. So people can hear. But the people learn. listening know the answer to this question, dude. That's that bad. And and Sam's response to this, if we start isolating, if we can get an engineer that won't mind if we start isolating stuff, because it, it's tedious. It's called an intern, but go on. Yeah, and then we have them on hand, you know, like Fred Norris or... Uh-huh. or um, or uh, I guess B- Brian does it on... I sent you the software the other Ball, day. You could start doing this. Paul Brian on the Adam Carolla show. You can or, pull from whatever show you want. You can put it in there. You can start clipping it, keeping it, and then you have hotkeys. Anyway, go on. I want to isolate the Sam answer to this question because it's hilarious. Here we go, folks. Actually, Rob, give us an impersonation. No! Did you discover Bela Fleck? 
No. So <laughs> he joined Newgrass in 81. Newgrass was established. Well, I first saw Bela playing in a band called Tasty Licks with Jack, Jack Toddle's band, Tasty Licks. And then from and then it was around that time Bela hired me to play fiddle on his first album. Bob Applebaum played the mandolin, Russ Berenberg on guitar, and Mark Schatz on bass. And so Bela really thought of me more as a fiddle player, I think, at first. And then... Uh, he, then he got in his band Spectrum, and they did that for a while. But no, I don't. I don't know if anyone discovered Bailey. It wasn't me. I, uh, but uh, I sure am glad he joined the Newgrass Boys for nine years. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. There you go, folks. I suck sometimes. All right. Yes, you heard it here. You heard it first. Rob Turner I suck sucks sometimes. I do. And now the next clip, we both suck because uh, I asked a dumb question, but then it relates to another dumb question, and it has to do with. Life and death. Let's just go right to the clip. I've got a picture of Bruce signing his record contract with Capricorn yeah. in the old days. <laughs> and Bruce is, I think he's like 23 years old. So, and, and Phil Walden, he's a pretty young guy too. Yeah. And he's, I just, uh, just the stories that Bruce gives of Walden, though, he, the way he brings him to life, like, it's like uh, I've never seen anyone do that. The, uh, the plane story. You oh right, right. He told that on. He was our first guest on this. He's the godfather of our show. He was the first guest. Really? When we were nobody. He came on. Big Phil? Uh, no, I'm no, talking no, about no, Colonel. No, he told no. the story oh, about okay. Phil. Yeah. We'd love to have Big Phil on. Is he still with us? No, he passed away a good See, number of years ago. He made the same mistake with T. Lavitz in the JoJo interview. So I, I don't feel bad, right? Right, Seth. <sighs> All right, the score so, is even. Okay, so folks. That, okay, so folks. That was John Bell. That was John Bell. Uh, backstage. Backstage. At. At. Okay. That's enough. At the uh, Hampton 70. That, okay, that's enough at the... <laughs> that uh, Colonel invited us to. And that ep- that's episode 42. We also have Denny Wally of Captain Beefheart fame and Frank Zappa fame. We talk a lot about Beefheart and Zappa and, and a band he had that got crazy and did a meltdown on the... Remember that? On the, on the lot? That's great stories. But this is uh, me not knowing that Phil Walden had died. You've... Oh, I know that wasn't you. It was, uh, and then you had not known that T. Lavitz had died from our JoJo interview. Just, quit. just that had just happened weeks before that. Speaking of JoJo, when I was doing Jamly feud with JoJo, uh, Panic on the Playa, Clancy was on the side helping me out, doing, running the game board. Another and, guy we need to thank. Oh yeah, Clancy, Clancy, Clancy who absolutely. I ran into at the Jason Isbell show, which was a great show. Yeah. Oh my god! So we're talking about things like that. Might be yeah, one of the questions was what would be in JB's? I mean, what would be in a jojo's pocket and you know people going back and forth and jojo saying the silliest things at any rate one person says a um a baseball a, a card a photo of michael hauser and you hear clancy in the side go who's michael hauser i'm like oh no 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 that's not no anyway so <laughs> that's sadly after he passed away my last show i saw him play was with brute but i remember you know i I like widespread, but I never consider myself a hardcore fan. But after he passed away, the first few shows, I was definitely looking for Hauser parts the way I did Garcia parts in well, Dead yeah. Music after. He, he was well, there's definitely- also a difference, though, with George coming in. And it's all chromatic. I mean... George is well. I like I, I, I like George a lot. I thought it was his pacing over the course of the show that that I had reservations about because and you get to the end of the show and you'd kind of seen all that he had. But I love Dorothea and I, I am I saying that right? I don't know. And I, I loved a lot of the songs that that he that that were in the 
repertoire then, and I, I, I thought he had a lot of great moments. Um, so I'm not anti-George McConnell, but Hauser with just a lot of subtlety to what he did. There was a lot of beauty in his subtlety, and he would sneak into your lexicon without you noticing. But um, it's only appropriate this next musical track is Kevin Kinney, a buddy of JB's. A buddy of everyone, really. He's, sure. He is... He's a true king of a, he's you know what not king he's the, he's like a mayor of the music he's like the musical mayor of Atlanta, and he's just such a great unassuming guy. So unassuming, yeah. And, and what's his documentary again? Uh, scared stupid, right? Scarred and smarter. Scarred, sorry, not scared. Stupid. Scared stupid is your documentary. <laughs> uh, but great song- documentary though. Like honestly, I'm so glad you actually got me to to watch that before we interviewed him because it was very um, very revealing. Like his. He, I was a little surprised when we brought it up, though. He was a little nonplussed about it. He wasn't as excited about it as we were. Yeah, but that's him, though. Yeah. You know, he. I mean, he's he's interviewing him is like, like we were at a baseball game. Well, speaking of sports, uh, the most excited I've ever seen him was at a Hawks game. He gets into it, and I used to take it. I'd see him with his son at the Hawks games all the no time. No one gets more excited than Rob. So Rob used to do the, um, the you know, the guy that you know, they, they do the cam shots and stuff. <laughs> Rob would like rip his shirt off and get the belly all flowing. He was like, he no, was I like, didn't get the belly flowing, but I did win. I did dance five thing. dance contests and I won all of them. <laughs> and one was over a kid. And if you've ever done these, you usually <laughs> don't beat. If a kid's on there, the kid's gonna win. Yeah, but so, I even beat a kid once, dude. I was five and zero. Oh. That's when I first started dating. That um, for clarification, he didn't beat the kid. He defeated. Won. Yeah. I, 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 uh, out, out, <laughs> I just see like pushing the kid off with their belly. Yeah. He's gonna fly off the rail. <laughs> So he did, Kevin did in episode 13, four songs for us. Do you have any videos, footage that we can put on the website of you doing that? The Hawks must. Oh I just I'd have to find the air. I'll bet Scruggs could get it. Find it. But um, I, don't, I don't even think this was the best performance. I mean, they were all great. But the reason I played this and the reason it's appropriate after JB, not just that Kevin is a buddy of JB's, but also it's about Georgia. Because I grew up in Massachusetts. Georgia. And I, I just, as I said, went back for a little. It was great to go there. I'm always fine about leaving Massachusetts too I always look forward to going up there and once I'm done I always look forward to leaving there. okay but here's the weird thing folks listen Rob goes to Massachusetts when he gets back you don't want to be in a car with him as a driver or as a passenger or anyone near because all of a sudden he thinks that Atlanta drivers should be driving like they're from Massachusetts and he gets pissed now granted he's he's just justifiably right that people are fucking not good drivers and making stupid decisions however Acro. Well, it's in Boston. You have to be aggressive to keep up, and in Georgia, you have to worry about the obliviousness. And then people also do stupid. <laughs> and also, people do stupid stuff like exit a mall if you're on a corner. They'll cut across like where there's a light and four lanes and make a left rather than just exit a different way and use a light to do the same turn. I mean, there's a lot of stupid crap down here, but um, more polite in general. Mm-hmm. And speaking of polite, Kevin Kenny. Kevin Kenny, this song is called I See Georgia, and it's just, I, I love this state. It's, a, it's almost 20 years now. I love living here. There's it's, so many things I love about Georgia. It's a Georgia. Cheers. So here we go. Kevin Kinney. The way you do it now is kind of an homage do is, down by the river a little? It's, no, because the, the, this version is the homage to Patterson Hood, who I asked to produce it, and he didn't have time. He was going to be, I wanted him to produce this version of it. So this is my homage. If Patterson Hood would have come in and said, I think this is how I'd like to do it. So this is my trucker's version nice. of my... Of my- <laughs> Wait, have you- 
know your music history, if you're going to do truckers, you got to know, yes, it's Neil Young. Because there, you know, so it's a little bit of that. <laughs> Southern bound and homesick I'm out here on my own One more truck stop One more morning route I've been dialing down this radio I'm looking for that song I'm looking for that song To bring me home I see Georgia Every time I hear that song Playing on this whole radio I see Georgia Every time I hear you sing Sing that song now Just to bring me in the jukebox and I see Georgia I was sitting in a bar down in Costa Rica in Montezuma I just ordered some pan fried barracuda I was drinking a beer and Collective Soul came on the radio I see Georgia Traveling in the London cab here. REM, stand where you want. And I see Georgia. I see Georgia every time I hear that song. Playing from this whole video. Do you remember how this goes? 
love that. That should be our state song. Can we make Something that happen? Like that. How do we make that? It's Nathan Deal. Is that his? Call? How do you make it a state song? You yeah, go. we got to call your congressman for start. <laughs> All right. You go. Dream of magnolias. I dream of dogwoods too. Have you been to Callenwald? <laughs> you have to name drop the Ferris wheel downtown. Is that thing? Re- and thank you, Kevin Kenny. And thank you, Kevin Kenny. Why do you always start at the end when you just start normal? Be like Kevin Kenny. Whoa! You're right. You're right. That's All right, bad. try it again. Take two. No, let's leave it in there. No, it's staying in there. I just wanted to start over again. Kevin Kenny there singing, uh, giving us a private yeah, for the guy that like. Like makes fun of me for doing radio voice. You often start with radio voice. Well, one thing I do is that I talk too fast, so I try to do little tricks to slow myself down. Like smoke pot. No, no, I don't do Which, that. Which, by the way, I'm finding that talking. I don't miss it either. Talking to like doctors is totally different these days because I'm like, yeah, I really just feel like I need to calm down. Like you know, as a father, and they're like, have you tried smoking pot? Yeah, is that weird? <laughs> it's it's so like good. a thing now. No, it's cool. Like I'm telling you, like the medical world is now like, yeah, you know. You probably should self-medicate, maybe well, not really, alcohol. Oh, yes. And you know what? You shouldn't smoke it when you're a teenager and when you're young. You should wait until you're old and you need it. You really, it's true. That's wine bong. But anyways. Yes, yeah, so if it was real bong, it would end with a <coughs> whatever. Yeah, right. So this is a, a tough category for Seth. Well, oh, like none of the categories have been tough for me. This is, I feel so beaten right now. Well, the worst thing is like when we do little bits on the show, you shut up and leave me out to hang me out to dry. But when we're doing interviews, you suddenly become freaking Jackie Mason, Catskills, poor man's Jackie Mason. Uh, not so much Jackie Mason, Stecky Green. Yeah, some of that garbage comedy. I have one friend who says who quotes the funniest. Oh, funny. who Dave? He's oh co- no, was it Waffle? He quotes funny as funny. All proudly, but he's a pun guy, and the, that's a Jerry Seinfeld, Louis C.K. thing, and two guys who abhor puns. Anyway, so this is from episode two, and uh, oh wait, this, another one from episode two? Yep, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're talk- wait. Let me guess. Are we gonna do another one about Jennifer Hartwick? Mm, no, no. The point is this, Rob. I'm giving you shit, but folks, Rob really has kicked ass on this episode thank you rob and thank you not only on this episode and as this episode actually says rob you know everything because you do you work your ass off every single show going into these things you find the knowledge that that hasn't been hasn't been exposed on these artists and well can i point out that it's not about me knowing everything it's about getting things out of research too it's about getting things out of the guests and if any of you are doing podcasts you don't want to set yourself up as a know-it-all that is that will be repelling you want to be be willing to fall on your face and you want to and be willing to be the butt of the joke don't read reading is annoying and let the personality let your research be about Getting things out of your guests, not about making yourself look smart. Even though the colonel, like four or five times in the interview, says all this stuff about me knowing that's everything. A lot of, you know, that's, it's flattering, but it's not the point. Also, the point is about getting things out of your guest. That's also the colonel. You're the king. You know, he has he has this thing of ways of saying things. But my point on this, though, Rob, you do the research. You are able to provide questions and knowledge. Every single artist that we've interviewed walks away saying this. I mean, even Vince Herman, I saw him a couple weeks ago, and he's coming to me. He goes, that guy, Turner, He, how did he know all that stuff? He's amazing. Well, that's very nice. Yes. No, people... Well, and, let's move on. Well... So, so this is from episode two. Episode two. With the Colonel. And um, he's actually talking about a show I was at with Dave Soslowski. This is right after I moved here to Atlanta. 
And we were in the front row center for this. I remember that photographer, Rob Cohn, muscled his way up and was a jerk. Oh, Robert, yeah. He was a jerk at this show to a lot of Fish fans. That was the beginning of my not liking that guy. Not the deadhead Rob Cohn. This is the Atlanta Rob Cohn, the taller Rob Cohn, not Rob Cohn, who's now a woman. Rob still wears this. He still wears his uh, his. Uh, um, basically, he's he look he wears a John Popper vest for photographers. But the Rob Cohn, who's a woman now, is, is awesome. I love him, her, and and his her work. I don't. I'm not being. I just don't. I'm not sure how to address that. Well, he, as she says here, she'll be coming around the. Well, let's go to the clip. And I remember the kids were, when Johnny and Mike played with us from Fish, they were coming through the ceiling, and it was shaking. All this <laughs> dust was coming out. Nobody had been up there in 30 years. And uh, it was quite the place, and I wish we had it back just to go listen to music. There was yeah. nowhere like it. Didn't you have personal history in that room previous to that? Was it you, a grocery store? You know everything. It's funny, but four of my friends who are still my friends, uh, we were the took care of the lettuce and the olives at Winn-Dixie. It was Piggly Wiggly, and then it became Winn-Dixie. And we would take those olives, and we'd get 3,000 of them after they'd spoil every week. And my friend had a mortar, and we shot him in the restaurants, like 3,000, and then splatter all over the table. And people would wonder where those olives come from. Olive attack, olive attack. Uh, some, said, some would say, I loved it. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> from one Colonel Bruce episode to the next, this is from part two, which is episode three, which, by the way, Seth's the tough performance on the intro on this. You were. Seth's come a long way. If you, wanna, if you want to see the extremes, listen to the intro of this and then listen to the interview with Anders, really. You throw in some really, really good questions. Anders, that's our next two episodes. I'm going to say it. I usually don't say this is a good interview. I say leave it to listeners, right? Yeah. Our Anders Beck interview is a freaking damn good interview. We both did a good job, and he's just very talkative and very revealing. We get into some good stuff. Anyway, this is from episode three with Colonel, the late, great, the godfather of this show, Colonel Bersampton. My first time I ever went to the Fox was... Um you guys are opening for Widespread Panic. I think it was Matt Mundy's last show with you. 91 or something? Yeah, it was around Thanksgiving time? I yeah, think. probably or something, yeah. Where, where's Matt Mundy today? Matt's living and coming. He was, a, uh, I should say, a mandolinist and uh, multi-instrumentalist, mainly mandolin, right? Mandolin, yeah. He can do anything he wants, but uh, he's the best that ever lived, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's close, you know. And he was in ARU for two years? Two years, yeah. Yeah, he was scary, man. Does he still play? Yeah, he plays. He plays with his mom and grandmother a lot, and uh, and uh, in public know. or just. I think they play up and coming. Yeah, I went and oh. saw him in public up a couple times at Steve's Live Music. He playing with Curtis Jones. I went. And you saw you know, they, they, I didn't realize Steve's Live's music is incoming. No, that's um, no oh. good old days. Good old days, oh, okay. owned by Steve Berryhill, okay. who's a big, huge music fan who used to live in town here. Got it. Because I, I, I was just assuming that a lot of a lot of bands that are you know, up and coming, perform there. Silence. <laughs> uh, you see, I just showed you guys crickets do exist. Well, it's nice Henny Youngman is back. Nice to have a little thick air once in a while. A little thick air. That's a subtle Bob Weir reference for you Bob Weir fans. Thick air. I love that expression. And that's a... Hey, now. 
Bob Weir uh, sent a studio technician running for the hills screaming when he, while recording Anthem of the Sun, was asked for some thick air. I really think it's about Born Cross-Eyed, that part, stop, start, mm-hmm. that little thick air between two segments of music. That's what I think he was talking about. But, but on that note... From um, one obsession to another. O'Teal, did he really dress... I think he looked more like Bob Weir this weekend. Than, the uh, short shorts yeah. thing? And he had the Phil wristbands and all that? Yeah, he's a mix. He was a, he was a hybrid. Speaking of hybrids, no band does the hybrid better than this next band. Well, it is from one Rob obsession to another. We go from... Uh, You're listening to Sports Radio to Umphrey's Radio with your host, Rob Turner. Dead Humphreys McGee. This is from Joel Cummins and Andy. Um, maybe sets low, low point. Okay, again, you I, led me right there. Okay. Also, what? I was not in the best freaking spirits that night. I found out my mom had, you know, major surgery to have. She had breast cancer. There's a lot of shit going on. It's no excuse. Although I'm glad she's doing well. Actually, that was after breast cancer. This was right. uh, that was this was the other thing. This was the uh, artery. Whatever clotted, the case, clotted Seth artery. is always talking about people coming up to the ranks. We've tried to say, make, is that is it, has it been we, a year? Try to make it. Hold a, on, has it been a year? Not quite. Almost right. What was that? About three, four months. Time, I'm, time is fucked. Time, anyway. time flies when you got a kick-ass podcast. So, uh, this is Joel and Andy, and this is the thing that's not not just a bizarre pun interruption, whatever. It's also that they're talking about something that's right up your alley. How Louis, who's a great guy who works with Humphreys. How he worked, he, they're beginning to tell how he worked his way through their system. And Seth not only interrupts, but with something kind of crass. And, and it's not like I'm against, I mean, I listen to Howard. I listen to some radio that, that has provocative. Just let the listeners hear it. But it demands more clever. The more tawdry, the more clever it needs to be associated with or paired with or whatever. But here, enjoy. Don't enjoy. You know what? Before we even go there. Saddle up. Uh-oh. In this category, I get it, Rob. <laughs> You'll but love the last one. Just as you, just as you spent a lot of time researching, uh-huh. and 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 your time pays off because the artists like really value and appreciate the research you bring in. Mm-hmm. Often, sometimes a good pun, not a derailing one, but a good pun can loosen our guest up to be able to be more comfortable in revealing. Hey, listeners, inside out wtns at gmail dot com. What do you and think of Seth Spuns? What do you think of Seth Spuns? Let us know. So here we go. Joel and Andy, we were backstage at Chastain. I'm Dave Fusigi. Waffle, you may not email. Uh, backstage at Chastain. Thank you, Bobby Hate. Bobby, who also got the amp for Jake when I did the Timeless Music Podcast, the Heavy I Metal. I haven't said anything about a restraining Episode order. Two. Episode 2. Or uh, what's the... I see this everywhere now. The Extraordinaire. That is such a cliche. Don't call someone guitarist extraordinaire, this extraordinaire, that extraordinaire. That is so we cheesy. We stop the extraordinaire. No, but I see it elsewhere. Oh, oh you're saying we... we, we uh, it's everywhere. You're saying that they have the bandwidth now to do that? Oh. <laughs> on that note, folks, here is we're gonna another... To, we're going to have to do an expression on that expression. Bandwidth. Speaking of expressions and expressions, go back to episode number one. Listen to where it all began, folks. Go back where it all began. Dickie Betts going back on the road, so why not go back where it all begins and listen to episode one in honor of Dickie coming back. But anyways, we're going to episode 45. If you're an Humphreys McGee fan, you haven't heard this one yet, then go back and listen to the whole thing. But in the meantime, here's Seth stepping on a great moment. A big change for us, summer of 2012, we realized that we just, we weren't, doing what we thought we could do in the merch department and so we hired uh louie who a lot of our fans know and uh and britches to come out on the road with us and um and louie said look my goal is this this year we're going to get it up to averaging three dollars ahead next year it's going to be four dollars ahead the year after that we're going to get up to five dollars ahead 
as far as how merch was going. And apparently he did it by giving everyone head. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sal, come on. You, put, you guys brought me right there. I said I'm sorry. Oh, you know, Brad, who I was with, yelled for waiting all night. What? Are you kidding yeah. me? What did you do? That was his request. <laughs> Mine was lizards. Oh, my God. His was waiting all night. Well, I know everyone's waiting all night for us to finish this episode, so let's go. The next one is from Checking In with Jefferson Don't Ask If I'm Getting Married Waffle. And, oh! And this is uh, a laser thing. Tell her about it. Just go to the All point. right, all right. Uh, listen to this episode if you really want to see Rob uncomfortable. And yeah. on that note, it's here called you go. Checking In Jefferson Waffle. Oh, wait, what was the original? Well, while we play wah, the clip. Wah, wah. I'll look up the original Jefferson Waffle episode, which, by the way, I, I was totally annoyed with, with his response to this. But let's remember, when we were new, it was one of the first five episodes. He flew out of his way to come here and do the show and help us out. He, he actually, I was broke at the time. He bought me dinner. He, he said, was your best friend before still, this last episode. <laughs> yeah, he, hates, he hated me after I this. I hate you. Baby. But he bought me dinner. He said, I'll, I'll buy you dinner if we you do all, a pre-interview. We all buy you dinner, Rob. Not anymore. I'm fine now. But um, this, let's be a listen. Any of you ever want to do a pre-interview, I'm all about it. Even if you're not a guest, just buy him dinner. Yeah. If you, but seriously, if you're going to be a guest on the show and you want to do a pre-interview by the phone or anything, it, it helps us both. It helps the interview. Particularly if your name rhymes with Plod Flance. On that note, it was Jefferson Waffle episode 6.543. Thank and you. And on that note but also... this is from checking in with Jefferson Waffle. But do you remember how we used to... Uh, we started off by doing... So it's, this is the thing. Many of you probably are wondering, what the hell were they doing with the episodes, you know, 4.20 or the 5.335? That was all Colonel Bruce. Yeah, and the Great Peacock episode is specifically a Grateful Dead reference. So oh, the Warlocks, 10.989? Warlocks reference. Uh, trivia though for you what episode did we stop doing that and turn to regular numbers here we go to the last uh, worst pun and then we have an honorable mention of a funny pun after this so stay tuned for that that was actually the first time you ever used lasers wasn't it Uh, no not the first time Uh, there's a tiny tiny little venue in Aspen called the Belly Up and it's physically probably the smallest venue we play by a lot. And it, it, they also have really high-end production because being Aspen, there's a lot of money to go around. And the, the ticket price is always really high because the bands that play there are typically playing way larger venues. So a band like Widespread Panic will go play there. And it's like a, I don't even remember, $250, $300 ticket or whatever it is. Um, so they, you know, they do a great business and they put a lot of money back into the production. And they actually have two lasers and it's really funny to me because not only do they have lasers, they have a video wall too. And so you turn the lasers on because you feel this obligation to use them. If you're going to be in a club where there's free lasers, you have to use them. Um, and it's, you feel like it should be this big moment where the crowd's going to kind of gasp. But number one, a lot of the people that live there, they see those lasers every time they go to the venue. Number two, the, the length of the laser due to the proximity to the ceiling is about three feet. So you see this little piece of dental floss come out and just hits the ceiling, and that's kind of the end of the trick. Um, so we do that every year, um, and it's so anticlimactic that people don't typically even mention it after the show. <laughs> you know, Rob, as well as you know Jefferson— I didn't I, know that. I, no, as well as you know Jefferson, though, yeah. you, don't, you didn't know the other fact of him and lasers— about belly up? No, I did not. Well, know no, that. not that one. The other one. What? Well, he's a champion laser tag. When he was, uh, I think, eighteen years old in the uh, in his region, he was the champion of laser tag. 
Surprised you didn't know that. As the cur- as the I, I, I didn't even know that, Seth. Oh come on! As the colonel would say, silence. I said, um... uh, you know, we did a bunch of things with Humphreys McGee. And, oh, really? Did we? And their fans are very critical, but we hadn't got the brunt of it until this this interview. A lot of them didn't like the checking in with Jefferson Waffle. So sorry, guys. But yeah, thank but you for being honest with your feedback, even though I didn't agree with Where did you all get the feedback? Uh, the board or in person or other places online. Hmm. Well, and some are just douchey. I mean, when they just say, this is hard to listen to. I mean, it's kind of meaningless because it's kind of v- random. Well, but I did get my house egg. Do you think it has to do with it? Well, it's a little silly because it's people getting offended on behalf of Waffle. But oh, because of the ending? Mainly my thing at the end, yeah. Which really, if he had just played along with it, make fun of me back. Don't just get pissy. What were you thinking, though? Like, you didn't... I'm thinking he has an awesome girlfriend he yeah, should marry. but you just got divorced. Like, the last... Yeah, that's what he should have joked about. Okay, If but... he had any comedic sense other than puns. Yeah, but he's also not an asshole. Yeah. Are you I sure mean, about that? Yeah, look, it's... Are you sure about that? <laughs> okay. Why would he be one of my closest friends if he wasn't an asshole? Okay. Stumped you, know, you. You did, because I'm thinking about, like, making fun of, you know, your your mother, and then I can't. <laughs> now you can't my dad either. <laughs> I know. It's like, and what am I going to do? Make fun of your si- make the fun dog of your is sister? off limits. Birdie is off limits. Don't you talk about that, bitch. Talk about, make fun of my ex-wife. Can't do that. She's an excellent accountant. I'll say that even at my worst. She's an excellent accountant. Even at my worst, that never changed. And all right, so what's the horrible mention you wanted to do? This honor, honor oh, mention. Oh, I thought you said horrible which mention. Seth has been calling horrible mention all, all night. Um, this is actually we're at the Hunt House, which is a place we found thanks to Josh Thane, migrant worker, JoshThaneProductions.com. Who is uh, texting me right now, working on he the first working, part of this episode? Oh, we're not even done with it yet. He's working. No, he's on, working thank on you, on Josh. It. This is like it's like Spaceballs the movie. Thank you, Josh. Um, but we found the Hunt House, and might I mention that our next episodes are with Anders Beck, and this is when I um, mm-hmm. began proclaiming, I don't even get his name right all the time, Benny Galloway, Ben, Benny, what's the other Benny name? Benny Galloway, who also is the one of the writers of uh, Yonder Mountain String Band. Yonder, is that right? <laughs> I don't know, but the point is yes. he's the colonel of Colorado. I and have done that. And lives in Marietta. Uh, he's in we, Marietta now. We're, we are going to introduce you all to him in a way. I'd like to do an episode where we actually pull the segments from all these fine musicians from Vince Herman to Andres Beck to uh, infamous string dusters and on and on and on and on uh, and more on. More work for Josh. Josh will love to hear that. More work for Josh. But uh, I'd love to interview him, but I hear he's reticent about interviews. But so is Brendan Bayless, and we got him. I think if you're ever, any of you out there, if you're reticent about interviews, do them with us. We'll research them well, we'll do a pre interview. And we'll knock him out. But this is when uh, Vince, well, I don't even want to enter. Let's just listen to this. Well, without further. Vince Herman, episode 46, one of our funniest episodes, I've been told. Seth has all these noises. You really want the full effect, don't you, Rob? It's like an my organic Fred noise. Want to hear my best animal imitation? Yes. Snake passing, passing by. Cicada. Cicada. I got one. You got one, Seth? I got one. Go ahead. 
Some sort of parrot. Some, some, yeah, at the botanical gardens of some bird. I just mimicked it and lost my voice now. Do you know the pigeons used to used to sound like what they sound like now in the parallel universe? Yeah, now they live in the city and they got that oil slicker on their neck. It's true. I can just do one insect. Okay, it's an ant. I just want you to know your mother's doing great. Call her. Call her. <laughs> definitely was funny and there's a funny one in the honors back episode too but the bummer about that is that you get emboldened and then you start cracking them a lot and it's like a two-edged sword is that the right word i don't know but yeah, you definitely know. sometimes sets are funny and i guess there are people out there who love his puns all the time but they, you know he always seth always runs into him i don't seem to ever run into those people because They're more you, likely to criticize me and you than to... Just shut up and go on. We're almost done here, asshole. <laughs> God damn it. I'm like I'm at my edge now. I do appreciate you made this all happen. You, you landed us most of, these, uh, most of these interviews. I think stuff like Michael League, Snarky Puppy, that, that was, was a, a big one. deal. You know, that, that's that was really a good interview. cool. And you got that. You, well, yeah, but, but you brought it. Like you, I know I that mean, one. There, there are so many segments of that interview that I want to cut out that are so... Not cut out, like I want to like highlight you say things to him and you like yeah that went well he gets floored with what you're what you bring to him and then you open him up to talking about things that quite frankly he doesn't talk like he wants to talk about this is not just him this is like across the board but we gained his comfort oh my god but you get you get people you you bait them to talk about things that you know they want to but they don't often talk about well here's the thing be serious in the research but be playful in the execution you know and don't leave your computer in the lobby. Yeah, that's another thing. And and don't just fill them with platitudes and over laugh at their jokes and stuff like that. Just have a conversation. Right, Seth? But we're ending with one of my favorite musicians. A musician I think is so ridiculously underappreciated, at least in this country. He does quite well in Europe and Australia. And a musician who lives f- in a country with wonderful gun laws. A musician who was at the Hampton 70, he didn't get to perform, but I got to see him perform in at that Bradfordville Blues Club, which I adore down in Florida, just That's, after uh, it. Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee. And he was just opening stuff up. He was clearly yeah. inspired by the Colonel. Um, and, and his name is Jeff Atchison, a great songwriter, great An performer. Australian blues man. Yeah. He'll be coming back soon. A and, wonderful human being. And um, Hell of a musician. I just can't say enough about him. And... He shines a light on this guy, Delta Dave, with this song, oh, which is yeah. kind of a Colonel-esque uh, thing. And mm-hmm. um, this is how we're going to end the episode. We want to thank you, folks. It's, it's been really gratifying. The listening numbers have gone up. Um, we're excited to uh, be part of the Osiris Podcast Network and all that will come with that. I need to say, before I say one last thing on Osiris, that I, I grew up listening to radio, and throughout my life, I've been listening to radio, and I get tied into these shows and into the minutiae and into the players of them. And Hold on. He, he doesn't just listen to radio, folks. Let me tell you a little bit of Rob Turner here. Rob, like, goes to sleep listening to radio. And when I say go to sleep listening to radio, he, he like, goes back to, like, listening to, like, Howard Stern from, like, the, you know, early 90s. Yeah, and, and then throw the tapes away or give them away. I'm trying to get through the collection. But a lot of other stuff, too. It's not just Howard, because, like... Howard? And, and my the influence of Howard is not being... Tawdry or you know uh, the foul mouth or whatever it's the interview researching which you could argue is a Steve Brandano uh, influence because he was the best at it researching for Howard 
Um, but what I was trying to get at is the fact that we are, and slowly, I'm not saying there's a lot, but we're slowly getting people who listen to our show and are moved by our show the way I have been about so many of these other radio shows is like one of the most gratifying things of my entire life. And I really, really, really appreciate everybody who has dialed into what we're doing. You know, I've made thank fun. You. I, I used to make thank fun of Brendan you. Bayless. He says, thank you for letting us do what we do, you know, because he can be repetitious with the banter. But I get it now. You know, it's like, thank you for letting us do what we do. It is. This is a labor of love, folks. Don't think we're making a dime on it because we're not. But if you'd like Soon. to contribute, uh, we'd love to take your contributions. But honestly, folks, sir, this is this is a, a true j- pleasure for us to do this work. We really enjoy talking to these artists, being able to share their stories in ways that that we're able to. It's and again, simple. and we're on the Osiris Podcast Network. OsirisPod.com. It is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans like you with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. And this is a way to find other podcasts of similar vein. Check it out. OsirisPod.com. Broke Down Podcast if you're a deadhead. The Sound Podcast. Ira does a great job. I mean, I, I feel bad if I'm leaving any out, but we're going we're gonna to try to do an episode on it. We're going to shine a light on these things as they go along. Um, as as uh, other folks shine a light on us from outside our community, we'll shine a light back. Uh, really excited. Great things ahead. I promise you that. Stay with us. Great things ahead. Don't we- get screwed. Get Pulaid. Yes. Thank you, Pulaid Clark. And here we go with one of my favorite guitarists in the world. I'm not exaggerating. This ah. is Jeff Atchison. So you've got a new album coming. You've produced that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we were treated to some songs. And we will, our listeners will be treated to them as well. One of which was called Delta Dave. Is that a true story? Yeah, yeah. That's a, he was a real guy. He was a real guy, and uh, I was uh, he, he was a he was a buddy of mine, and uh, uh, yeah. So I I, I guess uh, the music always comes first. So I'm sitting there with the acoustic guitar, and I'm playing, and for whatever reason, De- uh, Dave's popped into my head, and and uh, I actually went on the internet to. To uh, do a search on him because I didn't know if he was alive or, or dead or whatever. I hadn't seen him in a long time, um, and I knew he, he was um, you know he was, a, he was sort of a troubled guy in some ways, but he was also very much loved. But yeah, I, I yeah, discovered that he he'd uh, he'd left us uh, some time before he'd, he'd he'd taken his life when I was a long time ago when I was overseas, and what yeah we weren't super close friends, but. He was one of the guys on the scene. I did a little bit of busking uh, in Melbourne. He was he was the king of the buskers. Uh, he, you know, he was remarkable. Um, but he he rode his bicycle into all over all over town. He'd ride it into 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 the city, and he'd have all his musical gear. But he'd also have all this other paraphernalia. He used to hook up little toy. Uh, like teddy bears and stuff like stuffed toys and he'd rig them up with string to his foot so as he tapped his foot they'd <laughs> they'd move in time of the music and and he he knew the so much about blues music he was crazy for the blues he knew so much about it knew so many songs wasn't the greatest musician you ever heard but he just had this this passion and this enthusiasm and he was spreading the word he wanted everybody to love this music and understand it so the toys were there if if he wanted kids to get into it you know and 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 enjoy it but the the most extraordinary thing about him, and I tell everybody this when I introduced the song, was that he would also, amongst all the things that he had, he'd have a hamper of uh, sandwiches, some food that he'd bring from home, and that was for homeless kids and homeless folks. Very cool. And he'd, he'd look after them. He'd make sure that they were fed, and, and if they needed money, he'd make sure they, 
they had something to get them by. Sounds like the Australian Jesse Fuller. You guys can look up Jesse Fuller. Right, okay. He tuned up his cheap Stratocaster guitar Slung it on his back, toting his battery-powered amplifier Rode his bicycle to Burke Street And he set up his equipment Playing his blues for survival And to pay the rent Brought food for the homeless And toys for the children Dealt today He sang songs of Kansas City and sweet home Chicago so far away His voice was like a whisper But his heart was like a mountain Delta day It made no judgment on the choices others made Happy for a dollar for the music that he played Took what he needed and he gave the rest away Delta day I guess he figured it was time He took one last ride To that big blues gig in the sky And the age ran a story About an angelic man Tried to cure the city's ills With his gypsy blues band And the helpless and the homeless Wrote his eulogy and chalk on the steps of his stage on the Swalston Street Walk And he venerated his name in the manner of a saint And if it wasn't too much It was a little too late Till today <laughs> 